0: The following program is sponsored by mission america and may contain views and opinions that do not reflect the views of the advertisers staff and owners of this station some material may not be suitable for children listener discretion is advised oh the media watch the ongoing media propaganda it's like watching propaganda. yeah i used to be a liberal too because parents are i think we are a little bit too complacent sometimes about oh how bad can it be it's very bad Because you cannot be truly conservative and be advocating for so-called rights on the basis of what God says is a sin. Yep, I used to be a liberal too. This is Mission America with Linda Harvey. Because with God, all things things are still still possible. Good afternoon, friends, and welcome to Mission America Radio. I'm Linda Harvey and I'm so very glad you've joined us this afternoon. Please visit our website at MissionAmerica.com That's MissionAmerica.com for more information about our organization and to read news, articles, and Christian commentary on the culture. And don't forget to read my articles on WorldNet Daily, that's WND.com, on BarbWire.com, and elsewhere out on the web, and be sure to order my book, which is written especially for teens, and it's now been published in its revised second edition, and it's called Maybe He's Not Gay, Another View on Homosexuality, and you can learn more right on our website at missionamerica.com. Okay, today I'm going to talk about something that is very, very troubling, and you will probably want to keep your younger children occupied elsewhere during this program. In the past year, I've become very convicted about the issue of child pornography, and I'm going to talk about it some here today. And one of the reasons this is very much on my mind is through the work of a very brave and courageous woman named Lori Handrahan, and she has become an expert in tracking the trends in child pornography, and she's just published this very compelling book. I'm telling you folks, you really need to get hold of this book and read it. It's called Epidemic, America's Trade in Child Rape. The book is incredibly disturbing, and so it's best to read it well before bedtime, and of course, the problem is that it's about the victimization of children, so we we must read and get involved in this and learn about this trend. The volume of child pornography is increasing rapidly. The severity of it has escalated, and as Lori explains in the book, 1.8 billion That's with a B. Images of child sex abuse and child pornography are shared online every day. On the website called Medium, Lori has been posting her research, which gives details from local media accounts, because this seldom breaks through to the mainstream national media. And she talks about the influential, not just the -the run-of-the-mill everyday person, but very influential men and a few women ...convicted on child porn charges in recent years, and that includes prominent physicians, lawyers, teachers, law enforcement officers, judges, professors, and officials at the Department of Defense, the FBI... Department of Homeland Security, and other agencies. She's one of the only people in America reporting on these trends and detailing the horrific facts. What is desperately needed in this country is a comprehensive, demographic database about child pornography arrests by the person's profession and place of employment. So we can track these trends. There is spotty information, but it needs to be funded at the appropriate level and to become a priority and needs to be accurate and complete. And it's even a national security issue because many federal employees are involved. They're often viewing this material in their workplaces. So it's on many federal computers, friends. Think about that. We need many more investigations, and the Department of Justice needs to tackle this in a much more aggressive way. But our federal workforce needs a house cleaning of those who are either implicated themselves or are sympathetic to this horrible practice." For instance, Lori cites the arrest of one fellow, the former acting director of cybersecurity of the Department of Health and Human Services. His name is Timothy DeFogge, and there are many others like him. And she talks about the inadequacy of the terms that are used. It's not about sex with children. It is about child rape and torture. When kids are involved in these kinds of images and the production of these images, this is child rape and torture, often meeting the definition of torture by the United Nations Convention Against Torture. She thinks Amnesty International ought to be involved, and where are they? You know, Given their liberal leanings, that's unlikely to happen, but we can still challenge them to take this up as a priority. Some of these offenses even involve killing children, Why? Well, it goes beyond just being some hideous level of excitement for these deranged people, but sadly, there's a more practical reason from their standpoint. They want to eliminate the young witnesses against them. Some monstrous people submit their own children to this treatment for money. One reason this is such an epidemic is the well-established involvement of organized crime, which Lori talks about in this book. Here's what she writes, quote, Pedophiles are situational offenders who rape children and trade in child rape because we as a society have allowed child pornography to be easily and profitably accessible. So if you want to get involved, I really suggest you go to Amazon and elsewhere and look for her book called Epidemic, America's Trade in Child Rape. And she also wrote a recent article. Um, It's on the SundayGuardianLive.com website. And she pointed out that Larry Nasser, remember him, who has gotten so much, um, he's the center of this huge scandal at Michigan State University, where he was an associate professor in the College of Osteopathic Medicine, that's a medical school, and he was also the USA Gymnastics doctor. He has been accused by numerous girls and young women of um, sexual assault, but he had also been arrested on charges of Possessing and distributing child porn in late 2016, as well. And some of the girls in these materials were as young as 10 years old. She also pointed out other recent arrests for child rape and porn, including one ICE agent and a Border Patrol agent. They have a lot of access to sex and human trafficking, and so let's unfortunately we have to consider that as well there have been numerous arrests in ohio on child pornography and child rape charges in the past year there's i'm just going to highlight a few of them here it's only a few there are many more friends last april in 2017 a teacher at pleasant view middle school in grove city named mike walsh was arrested when it was discovered He downloaded child porn on his computers, and some of these images were of young girls being tortured. Yes. A middle school teacher, a man in Worthington named Jeffrey Leonard, whose profession is or was entertaining children as a magician, was charged last November with possession and distribution of child porn when deputies found several computers with Lots and lots of images of girls in pornographic situations. Others arrested and recently charged are Richard Stamper of Fairfield, James Gaver of Dayton, who passed away before serving his prison term, Brandon Spicer of Franklin, and Robert Phelps of Shelby County, and also Eric Schuster of Fairfield, who was also accused of producing child pornography. A 26-year-old man named Mark Colts was a former daycare worker in the Toledo area and was arrested last December, and officials found almost 27,000 images of child porn, and over 1,000 videos involving the rape of infants and young children on his computers. He had been a daycare worker at the First Apostolic Church of Toledo's daycare center, but the pastor there said they had done a background check on him and nothing came up to prevent his employment. That's the reason we have to be so watchful about this. The videos and material that this Mark Colts had depicted the rape of infants and prepubescent teens on his 10 electronic devices. And a woman named Sierra Richter of Cincinnati and Jason Fletcher of Franklin, who I I think they were relatives of some sort, perhaps cousins, were charged with producing child pornography, some involving a two-year-old child. And the woman is also charged with procuring a child for these purposes. In other words, there was money involved selling a child. Friends, we must become engaged with this issue. It's very repulsive, and nobody wants to go near it. I don't want to go near it. What's going to happen if we don't? I urge you to become educated about this and let's keep our eyes open and our children protected. Another way we can keep our kids protected is by monitoring what they are taught at school. Now, I ask you this question, is there outright obscenity included in what your children are taught at school? I've talked about this many times and about sex education. We have to keep our eyes open about the kinds of comprehensive sex education, especially the CSE type of sex education. Some of this is very prominent in some of our larger cities, Cleveland, Columbus, Cincinnati. Those are the places I think you need to keep your eyes open especially, but not necessarily just there and monitor what is being taught as well as what is taught in the other classes. Obscenity can show up everywhere in many different kinds of classes. Art, for instance, and it shows up in our school libraries. We see that over and over again, the kinds of books that are available, that have innocuous sounding titles. We have to become very, very concerned about this and vigilant in watching and monitoring what our kids are reading and seeing, because this is one way they are groomed for exploitation in a sexual way by another peer or an adult. This is a huge reason that I am so vehemently opposed to what the so-called LGBTQ movement is doing in our schools and with kids. At the very least, And this is not the least of the harm they do. But at the very least, they are setting kids up. It is like the grooming that pedophiles do for children. I'm not saying they are all pedophiles by any means, or I have no information about that. What I'm saying is it's very much like a pedophile would do. You can't introduce these sexually explicit topics and talk about homosexuality and how kids are born this way and urge them to go on and date in this fashion. You you are setting kids up for exploitation because the homosexuality issue especially, there is much more access to kids because of same-sex interactions. Men are with boys, women are with girls, much more of the time people don't ask those questions as they are with opposite-sex interactions. So access to children is heightened, on a same-sex basis. This is why people traditionally have monitored homosexuality in our schools. They're not doing that anymore. By and large, we should be doing it, and especially promoting the acceptance of these behaviors in our schools and among our youth and among elementary school kids. And so... I'm going to talk in more detail about a new effort in Ohio and some of the things that are coming along later in April where you parents can get involved. And I urge you to stay with me here on Mission America Radio. We will be right back following these messages. Don't go away. Friends, I want to make sure that you know about my book called Maybe He's Not Gay, another view on homosexuality that's just been published in its second edition, and I'm so pleased to be able to make that announcement because it's already selling extremely well, and it was very much needed because my first book had lots and lots about the homosexuality issue for kids, telling them about the revolution no one is talking about, that this isn't normal life to be promoting these behaviors. But what was really needed was more emphasis on the so-called transgender issue. And I added that in this book in a special chapter called, Maybe He's Not a Girl... And you can probably guess I'm addressing here the mythology that anyone could ever change genders, how dangerous this is, that it's a grand experiment. There is no research behind this, and so much of this agenda is incredibly harmful and high risk, not to mention, and we do, of course, spend a lot of time on this in this book, that it is sinful and nothing close to the great plans that God has for every child and they're designed beautifully as male or female. So I urge you to go to our website at missionamerica.com for more information about maybe he's not gay. Today's program is pre recorded. To learn more, log on to missionamerica.com. Now, here's Linda. And we are talking today about protecting our children and becoming much more aware of the explosion of child pornography in our culture, and I spent a lot of time talking about that in the first segment. I'm going to move on and talk about another way that we need to protect our children and their innocence and their minds, hearts, and spirits, and that is by monitoring what they're taught at school. Is there outright obscenity included in what your children are taught at school, and how do you find out? And If you find out, what do you do about it? Well, my longtime Ohio pro-family colleague, Diane Stover, who co-founded the Northeast Ohio Values Voter Organization, is uh, part of a new effort, and she's founded a new effort called Protect Ohio Children, Stop Obscenity in the Classroom. And there's a new website that's being devoted to this program, and here's what they say, quote, Providing sexually explicit materials in schools and libraries desensitizes children to sexual ideas, conversations, and conduct. This is a strong component of the grooming process used by sexual predators, unquote. And this is an eloquent way of putting this. Obscenity in schools sets your children up to be taken advantage of, to be exploited sexually. And so this effort is ongoing, and if you have information to share about your school, I'm sure they would like to know about it. So please contact the Protect Ohio Children effort at, here's where you go, ohiovaluevoters.org, and then click on the Protect Ohio Children link there. And speaking of protecting children, okay, I've been announcing this on my commentaries Monday through Friday. Please be alert to the upcoming pro-homosexual and pro-transgender Day of Silence, so-called Day of Silence, which will be coming up. It's scheduled for Friday, April 27th, although that may vary by school. It's a day every year when students who have been persuaded to support or even engage in and identify with the harmful behavior of homosexuality or gender confusion. These kids pledge to remain silent all day to protest what they are convinced is the silencing of homosexuals and gender rebellious people in our country. If only that were the case, oh my goodness, wouldn't we wish for a little less voice and muscle and bullying and obscenity and vulgarity? and screeching from the lgbt crowd it's of course a complete fabrication of what is really happening it's strong character and moral values that are being silenced in our culture deliberately and at schools by the homosexual bullies along with the open expression of christian faith and it's also by the way important for you to know this is an event sponsored and created not by students. It's run by the Gay, Lesbian, and Straight Education Network, an extremely well-funded, multi-million dollar national homosexual organization, GLSEN. And they tag on to the idea that these kids are bullied incessantly. And here's how the bullying story goes we're told that people who claim a homosexual or opposite sex identity which no one needs to do always keep that in mind this is a choice to do this that these folks are relentlessly bullied that that they are subject to constant bullying and harassment and all and of course they never do that to anyone else and all who object to these harmful behaviors are part of the bullying problem, which in their definition includes, and this is really, really critical here, folks, it includes unwanted opinions they don't want to hear. So um, anybody who objects to these harmful behaviors. Uh, even from a faith perspective, they're part of the bullying problem. They're hateful, they're bigoted, and that's a huge distortion. You know, anybody can object to high-risk behavior and never bully anyone, and words are not bullying. We need to be polite and civil, but the ability to express your opinion and free speech on this especially needs to be upheld, and so of course, faithful Christians who believe the Word of God, and we know as a consequence this behavior is always wrong, we will, by definition, be bullies in the eyes of the Day of Silence and the Gay, Lesbian, and Straight Education Network and all who support this effort. So the Day of Silence is, by definition, an event that discriminates against Christians. And so a coalition of pro-family groups and individuals have been holding for years and will continue again this year a Day of Silence walkout. It's not literally a walkout. It's just keeping your kids home. If you find out that students at your school will be allowed by teachers and and a very sympathetic administration to remain silent during instructional time, not just a protest at lunchtime or tape over their mouths and handing out flyers in the hall and so on. No, during instructional time or if you just like for your child to bypass the propaganda effort altogether, then keep them home on April 27th for the day of silence. Don't let your kids be exposed to lies and manipulation, which is what this is. So go to doswalkout.net. That's doswalkout.net for more information on this effort. And depending on how radical and obscene the sex education is at your child's school, there's another important day to keep your kids home. And that's the Sex Ed Sit-Out, which is on Monday, April 23rd, just a few days before The Day of Silence, so-called Day of Silence. The activist mommy who's right here in central Ohio but has gone national, very, very well followed at this point. Elizabeth Johnston and many other highly motivated parents around the country are behind this effort. So go to sexedsitout.com for more information about this effort. There's a lot going on this spring, a lot of opportunities, friends, for parents to get involved. And I urge you to find out all you can by going to your school websites, calling your schools, writing them letters, saying, please give me information about this. If you have a feeling they're stonewalling you and not giving you enough information, keep asking. Ask in a different way. Go to a different Uh, teacher, or administrator, or school board member. Just keep asking and find out. Lots of ways to get involved and get informed. Friends, we need to pray. We need to read what our children bring home, listen to what they tell us, ask them questions. Just remember, friends, just remember, with God, all things, all things are still possible. I hope you have a wonderful week